If you can, I want you to stop right now and think of two things that are stress points to you in your ranching business. Today, Alan Crockett, business coach and ranching consultant, is my guest as we talk about the six P's, all of which will no doubt tie back to those areas that are causing stress in your ranching business. We're going to start with people and we'll discuss profit. If we haven't changed anything, it would be ludicrous to think, okay, our profit will change because... Because what? Well, because we think we're going to get better weather next year or there'll be a better government program next year. And, and really, that's, that's a terrible way to run a business. So what are the rest of the six Ps? Well, listen in to find out on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. we welcome you back here again this is the working ranch radio show and i'm justin mills thanks for joining us on our program if you're listening here on the radio thanks for tuning in here today and if you've chosen to download it through the podcast various podcast sites we're pretty much out there on all of them we appreciate you taking the time to do that now typically i say this uh, i usually give you a kind of a forewarning hey this is a good show you might want to consider sharing uh, and passing around but i'm going to say that with some reservation because of this because this is a show that if you find something here today that sort of resonates with with uh, what we're talking about, keep in mind that it's really simple to say when when we're faced with things that somebody's pushing something back in us and hey, here's some areas of your life or your ranching business that you should work on or you need to consider. It's pretty simple to say, well, you know, this, this so-and-so, this person, this would be good for them to hear. Well, I'm just telling you right now, this is good for all of us us to hear and this show is especially for you if you find something that, that resonates here today and i hope you enjoy it alan crockett is my guest today he's a, a ranching consultant a business coach and we're going to be talking about the six p's and really it's going to get into areas as i said in the opening if you have something that's stressful in your ranching business you're going to find that that is going to tie back into one or several of these six p's that we're going to be talking about here today also, if you're listening here today, maybe you're not a rancher at all. Maybe a ranching is your side business or, or part of your business operations, but you also are a business owner in other areas. What we are talking about here today is really kind of widespread it's not just tied specifically to ranching but uh, it's going to be business in general and so it'll be a great topic that i hope you will enjoy today as we talk about these six p's i'm not going to give them to you right now because you're going to hear them as we talk about them here in just a moment with my guest today mr alan crockett out of arizona also coming up here at the end of a program as we always do towards the last segment is meteorologist don day joining us with a look at our long-term weather boy it has been hot but cooler weather is coming and some moisture in some much needed areas we're going to talk about it on this week's long-term weather forecast with meteorologist don day right now a thank you to our sponsors of the working ranch radio show gelvy and balancer the smart reliable and profitable choice for more information go to their website at gelvy.org and so us it's the little things that could derail progress but your herd can be covered visit getlessparasites.com for solutions from zoetis 
and the American Akaushi Association. Experience the difference at Akaushi.com. Well, right now, as we do each and every episode, let's check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne. He is the publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. Justin, I really love what you're doing with the show. You're tackling some hard and heavy topics, and uh, one of them was last episode. And maybe you can fill them in a little bit, Justin, on what you talked about uh, regarding the BLM up there in Montana. They're up to some fishy stuff there, uh, changing the rules on some of the grazing leases and turning them over into into bison so i want you to, i want you to follow up on that that's a very interesting topic to me next topic is uh, all you young folks out there the national cattlemen's beef association is looking for interns for their annual convention next year in february it's going to be held in new orleans louisiana always a fun time uh, great educational opportunity go to ncba.org and find out how you can be an intern at that event and finally Justin, uh, you talked about what, or you asked folks, what are you guys reading? I just went to an estate sale and for 50 cents picked up a hard copy version of The Sackets by Louis L'Amour. No wonder that guy's such an amazing writer uh, and, and so well respected because the book is great. I'm just starting into it and uh, hope to finish it up here before fall. Back to you, Justin. All right. Thanks, Captain. And Louis L'Amour, all all I can say is classic Western literature. If it wasn't for him, I don't know how to got through the long bus rides growing up in elementary and junior high school because I think I got through about every book our library had, including those Sackett series, two or three times. So classic Western literature, no doubt there. Real quick, uh, the Captain was mentioning just a little bit ago about the BLM changing a grazing permit up in Montana. And what he's referring to is if you go Go back and you listen to last week's show. That was episode 81. It was entitled, Is the BLM Out of Bounds on This One? As Jay Bodner, Executive Vice President for the Montana Stock Growers Association, and Caitlin Glover, Executive Director of the Public Lands Council, joining me to talk about this permit change and how it came about. Kind of some concern there as far as how it all happened and if that's setting some precedence for things down the road. Some real concerns that they have and you can hear all about it. Now, while you're there on on the podcast site. Don't forget to look through the list of other things because we've had some great shows on here that are very relevant to us here in the ranching industry. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into the six P's. What are they? Well, stay tuned to find out. Alan Crockett's up next, my guest, when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. At the American Akaushi Association, we're more than prime. The American Akaushi Association was created to help ranchers be more profitable and find opportunities when using Akaushi genetics in their herd. We focus on market opportunities for our members and offer support from conception to consumer. When you choose Akaushi, you have a network right there with you. Experience the difference at Akaushi.com. That's A-K-A-U-S-H-I.com. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills with you as we head now into our featured interview today. And joining me is Alan Crockett, who's a business coach and consultant. Uh, I was, as we were talking, Alan, before we started recording here, we talked about uh, need to go back and look when you were on the show last. But I sure appreciate you joining us here today. Glad to be here, Justin. 
We're going to be talking uh, today about the six P's, uh, and everybody's probably wondering, okay, what does that mean, the six P's? And really what it gets down to, uh, Alan, it's the idea of how do we how do we take our, our ranching business and use some things within that, and, and we're going to use these six P's as ways that we can either gauge or begin to build a, a better business situation in our ranching environment. So before we get into going through each of those, as you have consulted and you have taught for several years with ranchers across the country, where did this come from and what's the principle behind it? Well, they've come together just as I've worked with people. And, and it seems like every business that I've worked with, at least one of these P's comes into play and sometimes two or three of them and, and occasionally all of them. And, and so I just, you know, a convenient way to put it together and call it the six P's is what I've done. Um, People, principles, priority, plan, profit, and progress are the, are the six P's. And, mm-hmm. and as you said, we'll get into those, but it really all revolves, revolves around people. What I've noticed is, is and, I, and I've said this, I think I said it on the show previously with you, every problem is a people problem. And if we can't get the people problems fixed and, and get people talking and communicating, there, there's really, we don't have a really good opportunity, a really good possibility or chance of really making progress the way we want to. Mm-hmm. I think in anybody's business, uh, ranching business, nothing is, everybody's business has some areas that could be tweaked to make better. Uh, and there's also for a lot of folks out there, maybe, maybe all areas of your ranching business could be better. And so as we go over these today, these are going to be things that, as you said, if we're looking at different areas of our ranch, more than likely, it's going to stem back to one of these six P's that we are going to talk about here today. Is that correct? Yes. So so let's get started. You already kind of mentioned, and, and there's probably no mistaking why people is the f- first P on the list. There's probably, as you, as you just prefaced there a little bit ago, it, it seems like that is one of the biggest issues we deal with. So let's, fo- let's start with the six P's, and you said people is the first P in that list. Yeah, it's really the most important one, too, because, you know, if it kind of starts around trust and being trustworthy, and... And when I look at that, it, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And, and if we don't, then all of a sudden trust starts to erode. And, and, and that could be in anything from a little deal of like putting out salt or fixing a fence or water gap to, you know, working on a drought plan or, or moving cows or really monitoring the rangeland to see what's going on there. So it really comes down to trust and trustworthiness. I think another piece of that is transparency, that we don't have hidden agendas, that we, we know what everybody involved in our team or on our team, what they're after, what they're trying to accomplish. I've seen that where, you know, in a, in a father-son relationship or two brothers, sometimes even husband and wife, there's, there's a lack of transparency. There's some hidden agendas and, and some of that has just come up over years because somebody didn't do what they said they were going to do. And now the trust has maybe been eroded a little bit. And, and so it kind of starts there and, and making sure we're all, all headed the same direction. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting because some advice, and it's not that I'm some wise owl here of, of knowledge, but I, it's something that I, I have I've said to my kids and I said, your word is all you have to offer to somebody. And I think that gets back to what you were saying. That trust element is so key. And if that foundation is not there, there's 
it's almost like there's really no point going forward. Yeah. And, you know, you look back and especially in agriculture over the years, that our word was our bond. And if we said we were going to do something, we did it. And that was with our neighbors, with our banker, with, with anybody, the agencies that we work with, obviously within our families. And, and uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I remember my grandfather years ago, uh, you know, hearing the story. I wasn't there. It was one of my uncles and he was a teenager and, and, and uh, had decided not to do something he had committed to doing. And my grandpa just looked at him and he said, a man that don't keep his word ain't worth a damn mm-hmm. and turned and walked away. <laughs> well, it really sunk home with my uncle and he went back and did what he's, you know, what he had changed his mind and wasn't going to do, went back and did it. And I think that's, that's kind of the way, you know, historically we've looked at that, you know, in, in ranching and farming agriculture, but we seem to have moved away from that. And I don't know why that is, uh, I don't know if there's a different culture that's owning ranches and running ranches today than what there was 50 and 100 years ago, but it, it certainly is something that we really need to focus in on it and make sure that we do the things that we say we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move to the next one, and that is principles. So outline that one for us. You know, when I talk about principles, I like to talk about the law of gravity and, you know, we call it a law, but it's a principle. And it doesn't matter, if, you know, if, if you're in Wyoming where you are, or Arizona where I am, or Asia, or Australia, or Alaska. The law of gravity or the principle of gravity is the same. It always works every time. You step, you know, down a step, you're going to go down. You step off a curb, you step down. If you crawl up on your kitchen table and think you're going to walk across the kitchen, you're not. You're going to, you know, one step off the table and you're down. It always works. You, you step on a 10-story building and think you can walk off of it. Well, you will walk off and you'll come down. You know, we just don't walk through air. We, mm-hmm. it, it's a true and correct principle. So when I look at principles and, and maybe tie that back to people just a little bit, when we operate with people and with honesty and integrity and transparency and common goals and common plans and, and we're all pulling the cart the same direction – we get someplace when we don't, we butt heads. So you could take that and you can say, okay, well, there's ecological principles of, of how we, you know, how we make grass grow, the things that we have to have to, to make grass grow. Those principles of growing grass, like moisture and soil fertility and, and soil temperature and photosynthesis and time, those five principles, they work any place in the world. And then it's just adjusting our plan according to that principle, those ecological principles. If it's cold and soil temperature is really low, we're not going to grow much feed, and you know that. If our moisture is low, we won't grow as much feed. If, if fertility is low, we won't. So we can look at those principles, and then we can say, okay, how can I work within those principles to try and grow more grass, increase soil fertility, and that kind of thing. So when I look at principles, whether it's people principles or ecological principles or or even livestock and the way we work and handle livestock and those kinds of things, it, they're, they're true and correct principles, and we just adapt them to our situation and where we are and, and where we are geographically, and then maybe where we are socially and mentally and that kind of thing, but we work within those principles. Mm-hmm. So identifying and understanding them is, is kind of key. 
When we talk about principles, and as you were talking there, I was thinking about, you said, you know, it's it's the things that are going to work every time. And when we start getting into things like uh, working livestock or how we're going to grow and manage our, our, our pasture, or our range conditions, I think sometimes we struggle. I, I feel myself sometimes really struggling of, of putting trust in that in those principles that I think well because because a lot of times we're everybody thinks their situation is unique to everybody else right and so I what I find interesting is that it's hard to put trust in those principles when as you said these are things that will work every time and that is difficult because I in in ranching we all think we're unique yeah you're right and and, and what happens is and I've heard it, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it, but I've, you know, working with somebody in Florida, well, that might work in Arizona, <laughs> but it won't work in Florida. And, you know, you go to Montana, well, that might work in Florida, but it won't work in Montana or, you know, wherever, Mexico, Canada. And and yet, it, if it's a true and correct principle, it'll work anywhere. We just have to adapt and, and say, okay, how, are, are we going to try to force a square peg into a round hole? Or are we going to work with this principle and 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 be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, another very simple example, and you go up and you touch a hot stove, it's going to burn you. I mean, that's a, that's a correct principle. And that doesn't matter if you're in Wyoming or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or wherever you t- touch a hot stove, you get burned. You pick up a, a hot coal out of a fire and it's going to burn your hand. You know, you hold on to it. So those kinds of principles, when we look at the principles we're talking about here, it, it doesn't make any difference where you are. They're, they're, they're applicable universally. Mm-hmm. It you know makes no difference. And so with that, then we just need to understand them and say, okay, well, how can we work with those principles to have a better life, a better business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I equate this particular subject that you topic that we you and I are talking about with principles and trusting those with that of a pilot and having to trust his his instruments to fly. And knowing that I'm going to get there based upon this this data that I'm be, that I'm receiving and, and manage off that data, and it's I, I'll tell you, and I not not to belabor the topic here, but that is philosophically very hard to do. It is, it, it is, and 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 we've seen that. You know, you mentioned pilots, and I'm a pilot, and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that, and and there are there are pilots who are no longer living, you know, that have died in plane crashes because they didn't trust their instruments mm-hmm. and you know they flew right into the side of a mountain or they got you know in a cloud and 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 just inverted and and just came straight down into the ground and you know how could you do that you know what would cause that and yet it it's it's a thing of trust and 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 not trusting the, the principles that are there mm-hmm. you bet Folks, my guest today is Alan Crockett, business coach, consultant to ranchers, to folks across the country. Uh, We are talking about the six Ps. We've already talked about two people and principles. We have four more to go. We're going to continue with that when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Control comes when you focus on the little things, from daily chores to parasite management, because any little thing could derail progress. But your herd can be covered. Visit GetLessParasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. (laughs) 
And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills with you as I am joined today. My guest is Mr. Alan Crockett. He's a business coach and consultant to ranchers here across the country. And we are talking about the six Ps. And if you missed the first two that we talked about just a moment ago, don't forget to go to our podcast site and you can uh, download the, the show and listen back to those. They were people and principles. Some good discussion that we had regarding those. Alan, let's move on to the next one. And that is priority. So let's let's uh, give us a foundation on that. Yeah. So the the priority thing. What I what I have seen is too often times we get so focused on working that we lose track of the things that are really important to us. And and I mentioned this to a client of mine in Canada the other day, and and he's uh, he's a first generation rancher, made money in other businesses, and then been ranching for several years now, and got out of the other businesses. But he made the comment, he says, at least 50% of, of the people that I associated with in my previous business are divorced. And they're divorced because they just spent so much time working, they neglected their families. And so when I look at priority, we just need to make sure that we don't lose focus of the things that matter most to us. And, and that can be your faith, uh, your family, uh, even your business. And, and within the business, certain things that you maybe have a priority you're trying to focus on. Uh, but don't forget about family and faith. You know, probably the two most important things, I, I say probably, I'll take the probably <laughs> out of that. The, yeah. the two most important things we have is our faith and our family. And, and if we lose that because of business, I, we failed in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and and I, you know, earlier we said one of the the first P we talked about was people as being, and it seems like when there are issues in in ranching businesses, whether it's within your own own ranch or maybe uh, a multifamily uh, situation, people does there is a commonality with people. But when you talk about priorities. That's pretty important that we have we we really stick to what what is what's important at the end of the day. Yes, and, and you know before the show we were talking about how you know practice for athletics is starting up pretty quick for for your kids and that kind of thing. And you know is that a priority? Do I want to go watch my kids play sports or be involved in a play or a dance or whatever it is at school or 4-H or FHA FA, FFA. Uh, if we neglect that, where in life do the kids learn and where do they where do they change that and come back and say, you know, dad thought I was really important or mom thought I was really important because they attended this and supported me in that. And if if we lose focus of that, I think down the road, we, we risk too much losing our family, whether that's a spouse or our kids, especially when we look at at ranching we want the kids to come back and be involved or we want to help them get their own place or whatever that is golly sakes if dad only worked all the time and didn't have time to come and support me in my other activities why do i want to create that kind of life for my kids going forward so i think we just need to need to not forget and make sure that we prioritize our family on a regular basis and and yeah i get i you know i understand there's times when we're you know, at, at shipping or Roundup branding, whatever that, that we put in some long days and maybe we can't make everything happen. But then there's other times that, you know, the cows will still be there tomorrow. The kids are going to be gone. And, and for those of us that the kids have left home or are getting closer to that age to where they're going to be leaving, you look back and it seems like the day before yesterday, they were just little babies being born and now they're gone. And, and 
life happens very quickly. So we, we can't lose focus of those kinds of things. I think another thing in that priority category or conversation that we're having is that we take the time to not just think about them, but that we write them down, whether that's through your, your mission statement or part of your vision statement of your ranching business. But I think sometimes it's easy to say, you could probably ask everybody out there and say, are your kids your uh, high priority? And offhand, they'll say, yeah, they are. But do your actions reflect that? I think you could, you couldn't have said it better than that. Uh, You know, actions speak louder than words. And so are we really doing that? And, And that's, that's, you know, a little self-evaluation uh, or introspection on that will, you know, how much time did you actually spend with your with your spouse this last week that wasn't business related, that we went on a date or, or we had some conversation in the evening that was not business related or, or I took one of my kids and did something just one-on-one with that kid or, or maybe it was just a phone call and, and let my child that's married and has a couple of kids or something mm-hmm let her or him know that I'm thinking about him and how's life going and how are you doing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You bet. Let's move on to the next one. This is the fourth in the list and this is plan. So outline that for us. Yeah. So, so a plan, if, if we don't plan our life or our time or our priority, uh, it just goes by whatever wind happens to blow today, whatever mm-hmm. direction the wind's blowing is kind of where we go, you know, figuratively speaking. And so when we look at that, and and think about plan. Well, there needs to be a plan and, and a business plan. That could be an expansion, you know, depending on where we are in life. We may be trying to expand our, our business, uh, maybe lease the neighbor's place or or expand even in a different geographical location or expand with a different species of livestock. You know, so it could be a plan for expansion. It could be a plan for reduction that we're trying to slow down and, and rein things in a little bit. Uh, it could be a succession plan. It could be a drought plan. It could be a marketing plan, a genetics plan, a, a plan for improvement in infrastructure, you know, whether it's putting in a pipeline or some fencing or cleaning out some dugouts and ponds and that kind of thing. Uh, but have a plan that, that, that is put in place. And, and when I look at that, Justin, I like to, I like to see the big picture. Where do I want my business to be 10 and 15 years from now? But that is so far out that we don't put any urgency to that. So I like to bring it back to a three-year plan and say, okay, as part of where I want to be 10, 12, 15 years down the road, what do I need to develop in the next three years to make sure that I get there? And I really focused a lot on helping people develop a three-year plan as part of a big picture of things. And, and that plan can include all kinds of things, but it's, it's, it's that three years seems to be optimum. The science kind of points that direction that, that, that three-year plan, I'll break it down into, okay, now this is where I want to be in three years. What has to happen? So I'm there, where I need to be in two years and a mm-hmm. year from now, then we take that first year and we can break it down by months and the months by weeks and the weeks by days. And, and then we measure instead of just and here's where I want to be down the road, and but we never we never get that plan put together. Mm-hmm. Yep, never taking the time to really write it down. I always think of something this saying that if you aim at nothing, you're bound to hit it. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And I know that was something you know you helped me with a, a couple of years ago was just the planning element, and it really was even just breaking it down to 
daily to weekly basis because I mean there's it was getting to a point I know for me it was like wake up in the morning and I become more reactionary to the problems rather than more proactive in in dealing with the day the week the month and the year yeah and, and that happens and, and it and it's so easy for that to happen because you know whatever you, know, you get out of bed gosh it snowed we better go we better go check this or it's dry we better go check this or or it rained and we better go check the water gap and and then we see something along the way and you know a cow's in the wrong pasture or something oh, okay we got to come back and do that and and we just react throughout the day to those kinds of things. And, and then we look back and, you know, three, five years down the road and gosh, we haven't made any progress toward that 10 year goal that we wanted to get to. So, so having a well-defined plan and then leaving time for crisis because they happen, the cows yeah. get out, we have yeah. fires, we have water gaps that need fixing and, and stuff. And, and somebody gets sick or somebody dies or, or there's an outbreak of foot rot or whatever in our, in our cows. And, and those kinds of things, we have to leave time for that because we know we have to deal with it. But at the same time, we need to we need to not just get in the airplane yeah. and start flying and think we're going to end up someplace because it, it doesn't happen. We 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 got to have direction. You bet. Let's hit one more before we head to break here, and that is profit. That's the fifth P in the list. So let's talk about profit. Yeah. So profit. I, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, we had a good year this year. It, you know, the weather was good. We had good moisture and, and we made money or, you know, the market was good. So we made, we made money and, and weather and market should not determine whether or not we're profitable. They're going to affect the degree of profitability, but we ought to be profitable year in and year out, despite the weather and despite the market. And in order to do that, we have to have a plan for that. And if we're not planning for that profit, it's just like getting out of bed and and jumping in the pickup or on a horse and getting to work, wondering what we're going to do, or kind of have an idea and, and just let the the wind take us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we plan a profit, then we can adjust that plan throughout the year according to weather and market and and other phenomena that might occur. But if we don't have a plan, we're just shooting from the hip, and and most years we won't we won't be profitable. And then when we do get profitable, then we pay off some debt and then we're right back in the same hole we were. So, mm-hmm. so it needs to be planned for and thought through and, and figured out. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break here. Alan, I want to, when we come back after the break, I want to continue a little bit. I have one more question regarding profit. We're going to talk about that a bit. Uh, my guest today, Alan Crockett, who's a business coach and consultant. He's out of Arizona and uh, he is our guest joining us as we're talking about the six P's. Uh, we're going to continue when we come back here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. For commercial cow-calf producers, crossbreeding with Galvay and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galvay and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf wean per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Gelvy and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvate.org. 
And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Alan Crockett. He's out of Arizona as a business consultant and coach for ranchers across the... the uh, actually, you mentioned Canada a little bit ago, so I should expand that to to the U.S. to say North America. And uh, so we were, we've been talking about the six Ps. Uh, first one was pe- people, then principles, priority, plan. And before the break, uh, Alan, we were talking about profit and, and the importance of people People, again need to plan what you know build in an idea of how do we be profitable in the year let's let's get to the root of that just a little bit and that is really knowing our enterprises within our own operations how are they performing do we have some elements in there that are not pulling their weight uh what the things that are are we doing are we doing as much as we can with those so let's let's get back to these from an enterprise standpoint of how we work that goal of being profitable into our operation yeah you're right justin we need to know the numbers on each enterprise that we have and uh, those numbers need to be good, and we need to not lie about the numbers. We need to be honest with the numbers and, and not say, you know, if if we've averaged an 85% conception rate for the last 10 years and we haven't changed anything in management and we're, you know, projecting numbers for the coming year, we're lying to ourselves if we're saying, okay, well, let's, let's you know, we're going to have a 90% conception rate this year, 95, and we've historically done 85, and that's all we've done. We haven't changed anything. Well, that's that's lying to ourselves on that. If we've changed our management and then we can say, all right, well, we've done this. We've improved the body condition of our cows. Uh, maybe we've changed the time of year that we have or our supplement program, maybe our, our grass management and, and we're doing a better job growing grass and keeping you know green grass in front of cows uh, more during the, during the year and that kind of thing. Okay, now we can look at our management and say, all right, we've changed some things. So based on the changes, we could say, all right, we project next year, we will get a 90% conception rate. So there would be something that, mm-hmm. that, that we would look at that would be different. If we haven't changed anything, it would be ludicrous to think, okay, you know, our profit will change because, because what? Well, because we think we're going to get better weather next year or there'll be a better government program next year. And, and really, that's, that's a terrible way to run a business. So we need to project those, and it needs to be on an enterprise basis. Each enterprise needs to be profitable and not just a little bit because if it's a little bit profitable in one enterprise and we have another one that's extremely profitable, why are we letting one that's just barely profitable drag down the overall profitability of our business? Mm -hmm. When we talk about profitability, we're kind of heading into that time of year where we could be working on 2023 and and projections and i know for folks when we start talking numbers i know there's i know there's guys that don't like messing with numbers i understand that um and i would and my thought in that would be for the ones that like to do numbers there's the spreadsheets i'm sure you know you have a spreadsheet and you know how to work that whether or not you're doing it that's your choice but for folks or guys that maybe not as comfortable with it i think starting somewhere even if it's simply with a pencil and paper and just just writing some stuff down it may not be the perfect thing, but it's sure better than doing nothing. Absolutely. And, and if, if that's all you do, if you just list, okay, here's here's my income and here's my expenses and let's see where that's at. And keep in mind, one of the expenses should be your salary and you ought to be paying yourself at least what it would cost to replace you. If you, you know, if something happened and, and you had to hire somebody to come in and do what you're doing, it, it ought to at least be that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But at the very least, we, we need to know what our expenses are and, and what our costs are, and then we can start breaking that down and, and figuring out what's not working and what is working. Mm-hmm. You bet. Okay, let's move to our last one this of the six Ps, and that is progress. What's, what's that mean? Yeah, so progress, when I look at the other five Ps, you know, it starts with people. We, we really need to be improving the relationships that we have with each other. If, if our relationships aren't getting stronger year in and year out, something's wrong there. And that could be husband and wife. It could be parent and child. It could be, you know, two siblings that are involved in a business together or three or four siblings involved in a business together. If those relationships aren't getting stronger year in and year out, we haven't made progress. Something's going wrong there. So that's the first one. The, the second one is just looking at our, our financial situation, the wealth that we're creating that ought to be improving every year, okay? And and if it's not, that's where we start seeing lots of problems is when money's tight and when things aren't working, we start butting heads. And especially if we can't put our finger on why we're not profitable, then we start butting heads and our relationships go downhill. That's, I mean, money problems are one of the leading causes of divorce in this country. And so when you look at that, we we really should be improving our wealth situation year in and year out. So that's the second one. When we get specific about ranching, in order for us to be profitable, our livestock have to perform. Mm-hmm. If they don't perform, uh, then I mean, if we don't get a breed up, if we don't wean good calves, etc., uh, we're not going to have money because that's what we we rely on them. You know, and the bottom line is when we sell a calf or a cow, that's how we make money. So, so our livestock need to perform for us so that we can create wealth. And then the fourth one I would look at is ecologically, where are we at? Are we making progress? Are we, you know, is the organic matter and the humus in our soil, is that improving? Are we sequestering carbon? You know, are we growing more grass than what we used to, to grow? Are we seeing, you know, fewer noxious weeds and, and more good palatable grass and, and, and are we making progress there because for long long-term sustainability if we're destroying our ecological resource our livestock are not going to perform we're not going to have the income and the wealth that we desire and our quality of life is going to go in the toilet and we're going to start butting heads with the people around us because nobody's happy. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the four things there. When you, as you were talking about that, what I was thinking about on progress is I believe sometimes we kind of get stuck in a trance of, of knowing where we would like to be. And, and then, of course, we've already talked about some of these things that can help us in getting to where we want to be. But it's almost like if we can't snap our fingers and that progress happen tomorrow, we just well, well, I'm not going to start. And, and, and there's a mindset there of, you know, that really kind of paralyzes people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when we look at nature, um, I mean, you plant a seed in nature, it, you don't collect the harvest of that tomorrow. It takes time for that to grow. I don't care if it's a backyard garden that you're doing. I don't care if we're looking at, you know, all of a sudden we see a new species of grass starting to show up on a ranch. And, and we may have done some things to try to manipulate that and, and be better stewards of the land that, that have caused some better species of grass to start growing. But it didn't happen overnight. There was a process. And, and nature is a process. Our relationships you know, you're not a single guy in high school or college and, 
and you see this girl, and I think I'll marry her and just go ask her. To, <laughs> I mean, it's a process. You date her, you get to know her, uh, and she dates you, and and you and, and you you come to know each other. Yeah, we're compatible. We 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 like each other. It's fun being together and that kind of thing. And and it, and it's it takes time, and so. All of this kind of stuff takes time, but if we don't work at it, it it, it will never happen. You're right. Mm-hmm. I think in our uh, culture now, for folks that maybe have read some uh, self improvement type books or heard different things, there's a, a wording out there called "big, hairy, audacious goals." And while that in itself, I think when it first came out, has a lot of good elements to it. I believe that's the part of the paralyzation that we I feel sometimes that if we if we aren't we make these big hairy audacious goals and if we're not making big hairy audacious moves every day that it just feels you know it, it's that it's it just almost depressing and I I feel one of the things that we have to be good feel good about is making small progress every day rather than these big giant steps let's just be happy did was I better today than I was yesterday. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a marathon runner and I never want to be a marathon runner, but some of these guys, <laughs> they want to run a marathon. They don't go out today and run a marathon. They, they don't start on Monday and on Saturday, they, they're prepared to run a marathon. There is a, a process that you have to go through to work up to that. And and I have friends that run marathons and I, I applaud them, but, <laughs> but I'm not one of them. But I know that there's a process of, of physically getting ready and even mentally getting ready and prepared to run a marathon. It doesn't happen overnight. And so when, when we look at nature and the, and the variables that we deal with, with moisture in the soil and, and fertility and photosynthesis and all that, we can't expect to, to just, okay, I'm going to change the way I graze and tomorrow I'm going to be growing a whole yeah. lot more grass. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. a process. It takes some time. Mm-hmm. Well, we went through all six of these, and so to kind of recap here a little bit, uh, as we as we look at these very all these all six of these, you can see I think if folks had a, listening through these can can almost shake their head and say, yeah, I see where that can fit in my in my ranching operation. To wrap this all up into a into a final conclusion, what would those thoughts be? I think with 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 the people side of it, we just need to have honest, open communication. Make sure that we're all headed the, the same direction. If we have questions and concerns, that we address those, and we do that in a professional way, uh, and and really make sure that that those relationships are strong and improving. The principles, the principles are true, just like the law of gravity. Let's make sure we work within them. We don't try to force that square peg into a round hole. Uh, we work with nature. Let nature do most of the work. As we do that, we become more profitable. Priorities. Make sure we don't lose track of our faith and our family as we as we build a business and and that we, that we we're taking time for the things that matter most in our life. Plan. We we have to have a plan and work the plan. Monitor the plan. Uh, review it. If we're not making progress, if something's wrong, let's make some adjustments there. But but we have to have the plan and, and stay on course to that. And that part of that plan is the profit side of it. Plan for that profit and make sure that that, that profit happens every year. And that's in addition to our salaries. We mentioned earlier that the salary is not part of profit. That's just a business expense before profit. But, but make sure we're planning for that and we understand our numbers. We're honest with them. And then that we're making progress in all those areas that we've talked about. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Uh, if folks have questions or, or thoughts, they want to reach out to you. How do would how would they do that? You know, phone number is five two zero two five three zero zero four zero, or they can shoot me an email, shoot me a text at that phone number, shoot me an email at l allen crockett at gmail dot com. So it's l a l l a n c-r-o-c-k-e-t-t at gmail.com okay well i appreciate catching up with you again and appreciate you joining us here on the working ranch radio show my pleasure justin always good to visit with you you bet well stick with us folks uh meteorologist don day is up next we're going to be talking about our long-term weather and it looks like we're starting to see some moisture maybe across the southern plains and into texas for this coming week and we'll talk about what the weather outlook starting to look like for the end of august and into september when we return on the working ranch radio show Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here with you as uh, meteorologist Don Day now joining us. And uh, looks like we're starting to see a shift in in our weather pattern, Don, as we're hopefully maybe we're the, the worst of the summer is behind us. But we do start to see fundamentally a shift in this weather. What's that looking like? Yeah, and it's really nothing that's going to be unusual. When you look at the calendar, we're heading towards the middle of August here, and uh, you usually start to see a late summer pattern evolve around the second or third of August, third, third, second or third week of August. And now for a lot of folks, you may not notice any change. You will be saying, oh man, it's still hot. I mean, we still got these long, hot summer days. That is true. But um, this time of year, when you're trying to look at a long range forecast, you start paying attention to what's going on in the higher latitudes. Uh, You start to see those shorter days and longer nights up there you start to see uh, more robust cold fronts beginning to form and that is important because what that does is the second half of august early september you start to see changes that end up coming south into lower 48 and and we're going to see that Mm -hmm. in fact we're going to next week some cooler air move into the central southern plains bringing relief from heat And also, there's going to be some of the best rain all summer uh, that we've seen developing for some of the Southern Plains. And this would this would include Texas and a lot of the Gulf Coast region looks to be getting wet. Yep. Well, that'll be helpful this week coming up that they start to see a little bit of relief. And and like you said, it still could be Texas hot down there, but maybe the worst has passed us. And so you touched briefly about uh, fundamentally, we're seeing some changes and 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 weather patterns in that. And that kind of goes back then to what's affecting that and up into the Gulf of Alaska. Something there with the water temperatures there, a little warmer than normal, that could give us an, maybe an idea of what we're going to see as we head in to fall of the year yeah we talk all the time about la nina and el nino and we talk about the equator region as being really critically important which it is but as we get into the colder seasons 
Uh, and I know no one really wants me to talk about colder seasons here in August, <laughs> but uh, when we start to get towards fall and winter, we watch very carefully what's going on up into the North Pacific. So we shift away a little bit and start looking up at the Gulf of Alaska, the Northern Pacific, what the sea surface temperatures are doing there along the Aleutians, then up into Western British Columbia and south of Anchorage. And what we're seeing developing is a warm pool. Now, it doesn't mean the water's uh are, is warm like you would yeah. want to go skinny dipping but you're looking at you're looking at the sea surface temperature anomaly showing some warmth uh temperatures getting warmer up there compared to the 30-year average when you have a large warm pool in the north pacific as you enter into the colder season that is a cold signal for the lower 48. Um, and what you can see sometimes in the early fall season is you can see some shots across the bow, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to see some shots of colder air get released. Um, and usually that'll happen in September and early October. And, and when you start looking at the calendar and you say, all right, we're headed towards, here we are in the middle of August, you start talking about something that could only be three or four weeks away mm -hmm. in terms of starting to see some of those uh, bigger fronts come into the United States, which would effectively put an end to a lot of the real hot summer weather. And you know, up in the northern latitudes, um, the amount of cold that we're going to see up in Greenland, uh, up on the north slope of Alaska, is pretty darn impressive as we get into the last 10 days of August. Mm -hmm. So, we're watching those things that could be harbinger of things to come as we get into the fall season. And as you know, as we're we're not getting far away, Justin, that uh, in a few weeks we'll be able to maybe start talking about that winter forecast. Okay. So with that weather pattern change, if we were to move from west to east across the country, how does that look for the next couple of weeks? Is the west going to be a little warmer than normal and then the colder through the Midwest? Or how does that look from your perspective? Yeah, exactly what you said. So what will be evolving next week is is this cooler weather moving into the Midwest, the Great Lakes and the eastern part of the country and the high is going to shift back into the far western areas of the U.S. again. So the Rockies west of the divide in the Pacific Northwest and California are going to see uh, probably some pretty warm temperatures again. This is especially true west of the Continental Divide. So there's going to be um, some heat returning to the Pacific Northwest as we get into the last, uh, well, let's let's say last two weeks of August, it could be pretty warm again in Seattle and Portland and parts of the Northern Great Basin, while the center and the Eastern part of the United States is gonna see temperatures that are gonna be more moderate. Now, what'll likely happen is that may flip as we get into early September, okay. where the colder weather goes into the Pacific Northwest and the warmer weather shifts into the central part of the United States. Okay. All right. Well, that gives us, kind of gets us lined out here for the next couple of weeks and good to see uh, down in the southern plains of Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas getting some moisture this coming week ahead of us. So uh, good news for them. Thanks for joining us here again on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks for having me. Meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. I want to point you to his website at dayweather.com. You can go there. Not only can you find out about Don Day, who's based out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, but also his daily video podcast, Day Weather Podcast, that he kicks out every Monday through Friday morning. But also something else is weather instruments. Now, we've talked here on the show. In fact, I had Don on, uh, this was many shows ago, as we were talking weather stations. And, you know, it's a great way to keep track of your weather. 
which is important in managing your ranching operation. He's got some digital weather stations there as well as uh, thermometers, rain gauges, and things that you can take a look at. And you can look at his website to find out more information on those things. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to put a wrap on this week's episode and I'll give you an idea of what's coming up on next week's Working Ranch Radio Show. We'll be back after this. Living in the country means working in the country, and that calls for a tough tractor. Well, Bobcat has 15 models in its compact tractor lineup from 21 to 58 horsepower. With the help of your local Bobcat dealer, you'll find a perfect match for your property and to-do list. Get a look at all the different models at bobcat.com, and while you're there, use the build and quote tool to design your ideal machine. Get yourself one tough tractor from one tough animal, Bobcat. Visit bobcat.com. Well, as we begin to shut the lights down here and things in the Working Ranch Radio Show studio, I want to thank you for joining us on our program. I'm headed out, uh, looking forward to getting done with a water pipeline that we've been working on this summer, and I see an end in sight. And man, oh man, it has definitely been a big project, but we're glad to have that done, and it looks like we're going to get some use out of it already here as we head into the latter part of summer. Coming up on next week's show, we're going to be headed north. Now, when I say north, I mean north north of the border up to our friends up in Canada and uh, working on an interview with the Calgary Stampede and their ranches up there and their ranch managers. In fact, how they manage that operation up there. And of course, we all know the Calgary Stampede for what it is as the rodeo event. And also, if you follow rodeo much, you know, they have a pretty strong uh, stock contracting business as well. And we're going to talk with them about their ranching side of the of that whole business and how that works. And so looking forward to sharing that interview with you. I do want to thank our sponsors here today of the Working Ranch Radio Show, Gelvey Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. To find out more, go to their website at gelvey.org. Also, Zoetis, it's the little things that could derail progress, but your herd can be covered. Visit Get Less Paris sites.com for solutions from Zoetis and the American Akaushi Association experience the difference at akaushi.com. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by America's ranchers. And if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, you know that the captain, Tim O'Byrne, has been working very fiercely on getting the next issue of the Working Ranch Magazine out to publish. And it's there, folks. And I'll tell you what, this is a good one. And so if you do not have your subscription started to Working Ranch Magazine, go to their website at workingranchmag.com and you can get your subscription started here today of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me, I always forget to do this at the very beginning of the show. So I got to remember to do it now. You can sure send me an email or a text. My email address is justin.workingranch at gmail.com or the studio and phone number here is 307 363-COWS. Well, we appreciate you joining us here today. Be sure to join us right here, same time, same place, or on your favorite podcast provider. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long. So long.